Our scripture comes from Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hello Christ Church and all of our friends joining us today. If you're with us on Facebook, say hello to other friends in the chat. Let us know you're here. If you're on the website, we would love to hear from you too. Send us a prayer request or a praise report. And of course, you can follow along with my outline on the website or the Christ Church app. How are you doing today? Hey, have you been outside in recent days? I love the beauty of God's creation. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I feel the weightiness of life, life issues about ministry or family, relationships, challenges, and then I just look around at the glory of God's creation, I tell myself, wait a minute, I'm connected with, I have a relationship with the creator of all of this. What do I have to worry or fret about? It's amazing how our relationship with God can give us a whole new perspective. Amen? Amen. Today I'm beginning a new message series titled, I Wonder. As we've been going through this pandemic that none of us counted on, as there has been a lot of upheaval and turmoil in our lives, in our world of late, as all of us are trying to make sense of everything and find our way forward, I think it's natural for people to think about God and to ask big God questions. In the midst of trying times and difficulties, we often look up with our questions and we wonder if there are reasonable answers to our God questions. A few years ago, the Barna Research Group conducted an important poll to get the pulse of inquiring hearts about religious faith. They asked a cross-section of American adults, if you could ask God any question about your life, what's the single most important question you would want to ask Him? So what questions would you ask God? Not surprisingly, the results of the poll indicated many people had questions about suffering, life purpose, life after death, miracles, God's will. I imagine we've all had some of those questions and, and maybe some others. I've decided to preach this series to try and address some of those big God questions from the perspective of the scriptures and historic Christian faith. Now. Though I don't consider myself an impressive theologian, I do think it's important that we learn to think and to talk about how our everyday faith in Jesus addresses the big God questions of life. Let me start off by saying it is okay to have God questions. Type, it's okay in the chat. Some people don't think there's room for questions or honest doubt along our journey of faith with Jesus. I think this is unfortunate. 
For there is more faith in honest doubt than most people realize. In fact, if you study the lives of great Christians throughout history, you will find that many of them, including biblical writers, went through profound periods of doubting and questioning God and their faith. Remember Moses leading the Israelites in the desert, or Elijah on the run for his life from Jezebel, or the Apostle Paul after his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. These leaders came out of their period of searching with a stronger faith and a deeper understanding of God. Honest doubts and questions of faith are not only about finding answers, but also about discovering truth. I pray this series will help you on your journey to discover truth. We begin with the question, I wonder if God exists. Have you ever asked that question, if God exists, or known someone who has? Growing up, I don't remember asking that question. In my family and extended family, it seemed to be something that we all assumed. Yes, God exists now. How do we get to know Him? How can we align our lives with God? What does God want us to do? But over the years, I've realized it is a question that some people do ask. I wonder if God exists. For a variety of reasons, people ask this question. Perhaps they've not grown up in faith. That's the story for an increasing number of people today. Or perhaps they've had some experience that left, left them asking the question, this happened to me or someone that I know. I don't understand why it's happened. Where does belief in God fit in all of this? Or perhaps they waver back and forth on whether or not God exists. They, they want to believe, but they, they can't seem to get over their intellectual hurdles. How do I believe in a God that I can't see or know for sure exists? As part of their modern worldview, they are often primarily influenced by what can be observed and studied. A Pew Research report in 2018-2019 indicated that 4% of Americans identify themselves as atheists. They don't believe in God existing at all. And an additional 5% consider themselves agnostic. They don't believe that we can know if God exists or not. I think it's important that we understand there are people who hold these views and try to understand why. I have found that usually there is a personal story that's important to hear in trying to understand why they hold these beliefs. Often a hurt, a pain, a tragedy has impacted their life, their unbelief. Hearing and understanding that story is critical. When I speak with Christians about the existence of God, surprisingly, many of them are not able to articulate reasons why they believe in the existence of this God of the universe 
who created everything and is inactive in the world today. For them, it's an issue of faith as it should be. However, when they find themselves in conversations with people who have serious doubts about the existence of God, many are unable to give an answer as to why they believe in the reality of God. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You might type, give an answer in the chat. We're supposed to be prepared. We're supposed to have answers. I pray that this message series will, will help us. People have been wondering about the existence of God since there has been a human being on earth who could reflect on the meaning of life. The question of the reality of God goes to the core existence of, of we humans. For most people, what they believe about God determines what they believe about their lives and, and how they should live. In other words, their belief in God determines their behavior. And of course, there will always be folks who are practical atheists. They believe in God, but they act as if there were no God. However, for many, values and morals have their root in a belief in God. If God exists... Life matters. If God doesn't exist, we're left to our own devices, with truth being a relative idea dependent upon the whims of culture. Those who believe in God feel that without God, there is no morality, no goodness, and no absolute truth, for God is the source of all these things. The scriptures assume there is a God. If we turn to the first page in the Bible, we read in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There is no attempt to convince the reader of the Bible that God exists. The Bible clearly assumes that there is a God. God simply is. Psalm 14-1 says, fools say in their hearts, there is no God. From a biblical perspective, that is obvious and certainly does not need to be proven. However, many people do not feel that the reality of God is so obvious. To atheists, it seems clear that there is not a God and many are very vocal about it. To agnostics, the jury is still out on the whole issue of God. And even if they are convinced that God exists, they're not sure what this divine being is up to. Yet, I believe, clear reflection on the arguments for God's existence brings the obvious to bear. There are many compelling and convincing arguments for the existence of God. Scholars, philosophers, theologians have used them within academia for years. Many of these arguments are known within Christian theology as general revelation, which means that they're based on what is generally known and observable. So what follows is a summary. What I want to talk about next is a summary of some of the best arguments for the existence of God. One of the most compelling arguments for the existence of God is 
what's often called the design argument. Many people have reasoned out this argument on their own without realizing that it has a name or an official distinction. Set out by the philosopher William Pally, this simple argument is, is also known as Pally's watch. Basically, the argument goes that if you happen upon a watch, never having seen a watch or heard of one, and you broke it open to look at its intricate parts, you would conclude that this watch was made by a, a watchmaker. In the same way, the world that we observe is too complex, too beautiful to have happened by chance. The world must have been created and designed by a divine intelligence. Many of us have had the experience that Paley reasoned out. We observe a beautiful tree, a flower, or a mountain and exclaim, only God could have created that. The psalmist was expressing the divine argument when he said in Psalm 139:14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Just a glance at the beauty around us and the wonder of our working bodies, and we are compelled to conclude that there is a God who is behind everything. Those who are still not convinced should consider the probability of the world coming together by mere chance. According to what we know from science and biology, the world existing by chance would be as if a tornado had touched down in a junkyard rearranged all of the parts and left a fully operational Boeing 747 in its wake. This incomprehensible event wouldn't have to have happened only once. It would have to happen a million times. Such an event is clearly impossible. And so is the creation of the world without a designer. Another convincing argument for the existence of God is known as the first cause argument. It is sometimes referred to as the cosmological argument. Most believe that this argument began with St. Thomas Aquinas, who sought to discover the cause for the origin of our world. The first part of this argument states that for every event has a cause, that nothing comes from nothing. For instance, uh, you know, this chair that I'm sitting on, it didn't appear out of thin air. It was designed, it was created by someone. Aquinas believed that if we go back far enough, we can find the first event, which is called the first cause for all the subsequent events. A second part to Aquinas's argument is that things move because they are moved by something else. The balls on a pool table move because they are struck by other balls. If you trace all movement, you will discover an unmoved mover who is independent of all moves and causes. Aquinas argued that the ultimate cause of all events and movements is God. Perhaps the most obvious argument for the existence of God is the moral argument. This argument states quite simply that our sense of right and wrong comes from God. For example, we know that 
trying to save a person from drowning is right. And throwing someone incapable of swimming into a lake is wrong. Right and wrong seem to be fundamental. They don't have to be taught. We just know what ought to be done. Some call this innate knowledge of right and wrong our conscience. Well, where does our conscience come from? Our conscience does not originate within us. It comes from God. Speaking about this moral law, Paul says in Romans 2.15, they show that in their hearts they know what is right and wrong, just as the law commands, and they show this by their consciences. The moral argument simply states our sense of right and wrong comes from God. If there is no God, then human beings decide what is right and wrong themselves with no moral code that is fixed. People behave upon what feels good or what's right to them, and the world moves toward chaos. Is that not the end result as people move away from God? That's why Christians pray for and seek revival and the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. Lord, thy will be done. There is a God according to the moral argument because God is the only logical source and commander of what is right and wrong. Well, after hearing these arguments, skeptics may be inclined to believe in some sort of a higher power or a divine force. However, these arguments fall short in providing, in proving the nature of God. For instance, we may be able to believe that God created the world, but what does it say about this God when there's a natural disaster? Or when people are born into this world with severe mental and physical disorders? How can we be sure that we are dealing with a benevolent God that so many people believe in? Or what about people who worship many, many gods or different religions that are in conflict over the nature of God and how God operates in the world? What kind of God are we to believe in? How are we to know what this higher power is like? Enter Jesus Christ. God reveals Himself to us in Jesus Christ. Post reveals in the chat. Because we are limited and finite human beings who can never fully understand and know God on our own, we need God to come down to our level and show us His nature. This is what God does in Jesus Christ. In Christ, God demonstrates for us what He is like and proves His redeeming love toward us by dying on a cross. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ shows us God's nature and power. It becomes real for us in a way that we can understand. More importantly, through Christ, we encounter this loving God and are redeemed from our sin and given new life. In most religions, human beings are reaching for God. 
Only the Christian faith claims that God reaches for us. In Christ, an invisible God penetrates our world and transforms our lives. God's revelation to us in Jesus Christ is so significant that it is called special revelation. Unlike general revelation, special revelation is God's particular and deliberate act of revealing His love to us. This is the reason many theologians argue that when talking about God, we must begin with Jesus Christ. For in Christ, we experience the true nature of God. The best argument for the existence of God is not some philosophical idea or a brilliant conclusion reached by the, the great theologians. The most compelling and convincing argument for God is personal experience. Type personal in the chat. We can throw philosophical darts back and forth, argue about God's existence. But it's only when we allow ourselves to experience God's redeeming love in Jesus Christ that we truly believe and are changed. The point is that we come to faith in God not head first, but heart first. We may intellectually believe that God exists, but it only makes a difference when we give Him our hearts. God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and said in Jeremiah 29, 13, When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Pastor Charlie Reeb tells the story of what happened in one Sunday school class. The topic was on being born again. And a, a national magazine had done a story on the issue and the class wanted to discuss it. The teacher of the class that day was a prominent doctor in the community. And he said to the class, Five years ago, I didn't believe in God. I hated the idea of God. I hated the church. I was a man of reason, of science. I was too smart for that kind of stuff. And I was living the life. I was making a lot of money as a big shot doctor. And then I came home late one night to an empty house. There was a note on the kitchen table from my wife and kids that read, We don't know you anymore. We don't know you anymore. And at that moment, he said, I fell backward into a 10,000 foot deep pit. For the first time in my life, the thing that I wanted most, I could not have. And I fell back further and further and further. And then something pulled me to reach out. And something grabbed and pulled me up. I got grabbed. I got pulled up. I got saved. I was born again. And then the doctor looked at the class and he asked, Does God exist? You bet He does, because He saved me. Do you really want to know if God exists? Remember this, we come to faith in God, not head first, but heart first. So give your heart to God and ask Him to cleanse you of all your sins and to put a new spirit within you. Once you experience God's redeeming love, 
your question will no longer be, does God exist, but how did I exist without God in my life? Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, Almighty God, revealing Lord, we thank you that there are many compelling arguments for your existence. Ours is not a blind faith. There are reasonable and convincing claims that can be made. Continue to give us wisdom as we seek to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is within us. O oh Lord, help us to represent you well among our family, friends, and acquaintances. As we grow in our everyday relationship with you, we grow in our ability to share our faith too, using words when necessary. O oh Lord, give us a heart for people who have big God questions. You love them. And your love for them compels us to love and befriend them too. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope the message spoke to you today. There are compelling and convincing reasons for our belief in God. If you have questions uh, that, uh, about the message, let me hear from you. If you'd like to visit more about having this new life in Jesus Christ, I would love to visit with you about that too. Maybe you've joined us today and you have prayer requests or praise reports. Send them to us. We want to hear from you. Use the app. Go to the website. Hey, has God been blessing your life? You know, giving back is a very tangible way to thank God for His goodness. You can text to give. You can use the app. You could go to the website, mail in contributions. And hey, thank you for your partnership in this ministry. Be sure to take advantage of our discipleship opportunities and find all the information you need on our website, cumctulsa.com. God bless you today. Remember, it is okay to have big God questions. God can handle them. Look forward to these upcoming opportunities. For now, what next step can you take in being prepared to share and answer questions about your faith in Jesus? Lisa. Yes. Imagine two red-breasted robins lying in the sun and selling ice cream. Okay. Baskin robins. Oh. Beginning April 25th, adult Sunday school classes that would like to meet in person at the church will once again have that option. Please contact Jim Stilwell for more information. Save the date for the For the Masters Jim Curtis Memorial Golf Tournament. The tournament will be held at the Fortune Parks Par 3 course on June 12th at 8.30 a.m. Many guests attend our services every week, either online or in the sanctuary, and we are thrilled to welcome them. Some may have questions about our church, its beliefs, its history, and membership, and we want to help. Discover CUMC is April 18th at 2 p.m., online and in person. You can learn more about our church and its ministries, or even join the church. You can find all of this information on our website, cumctulsa.com. Yeah.
you love someone who... I'm confused about... How would you handle? Why doesn't the church... What are your views on? I don't understand. How can I know God exists? Does God speak? What makes Christianity so unique? How do I know if I'm going to heaven? Why wouldn't God save everyone? How could anyone believe the Bible isn't full of contradictions? Don't all religions lead to the same God? Why are there so many denominations? How can Christians claim Jesus is the only way? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? How can you reconcile belief in God with science? How can a loving God condemn people to hell? Do I need God to be moral? I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder.